This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. I love playing golf. I especially love playing competitive golf. And, and I don't love it because I'm really any good at it. I just like to compete. And nothing's better than being in a golf tournament. I'm, a, I'm just a mediocre golfer. Uh, my handicap is uh, 14, if that means anything to you, which means that I'm going to shoot somewhere above an 86 and below a 93. So uh, not a 70s golfer by any stretch. But I do love golf. I, I love tournaments. And there's a tournament in particular that I like. It's, it's called the Ryder Cup format. And if you've ever seen it, when the pros, you get all these millionaires together and they play on individual teams. Usually it's Europe against the United States or international against the United States and highly, highly energetic and lots of competition and just, just a really great TV event. The thing about the Ryder Cup format is, is that you break into two teams. You've got golfers on two teams and you play three different formats. And you, the first two days you play with a, a partner and you play best ball, which means you take the best two scores against the other two people you're playing, their two best scores. And then on the next day, you play alternate shot, which is can be very, very painful if you're not a very good golfer. Because what that means is, is that one of the two of you tees off, and then the other person hits the next shot, and then you just alternate all the way in. So if you're someone who hits the ball crazy wild, then you don't have to go hit your next shot. Your partner has to go in and hit your next shot. And then on the final day, you play individual play. So if there's 20 folks on each side, you know you play. Um, you know you play some matches first couple days, and then the last day, you have you know most of the points are scored because it's it's 20 points at each individual point. And in that last individual match, you might be uh, you might be paired up by your team captain. You might be really bad, and they know you're going to lose. So they put you up against the other team's best player because they already know you're going to lose a point or. Maybe they'll, do, they'll match you up based on skill or, or based on people that you know pretty well. So you're playing against somebody that's kind of a friend and you go out and have a, have a great match together. And um, the thing about it that I like is, is, is that it's very team-oriented. And when you're, when you're done on the first day and, you know, and you sit, everybody's sitting around and having some drinks at the end of the day, you either contributed to your team with your partner or you didn't. So you're either a plus or you're a negative, or I guess you can also have, you can tie which is a point for you. It's not a loss. And then the next day when you play alternate shots, similar kind of thing. And then on the last day, which is the most important one because it, it makes up for a single point, you're, you're, you find out at the end of the day, again, again, you contribute, you know, either lose, tie, or, um, or, uh, or you win and you contribute a point. And the thing about golf is, is, that, is that golf is the kind of sport that you need to forget your last shot. As soon as you hit it, you, you, you got to forget about it. Whether it's good or bad, you got to forget about it because you've got the next shot coming up. And it's one of those things that it, it builds upon itself. If you get a little bit of momentum going in the wrong direction, it can kind of spiral out of control and, of course, give you a bad score. But when you're in a tournament like that, when you're, when you're playing you know, hole by hole, 
you know, you have a bad hole, you have a bad shot and you have a bad hole, well, it goes away. You've lost a point or gained a point. You just move on to the next hole. So you're constantly re-upping and, and starting over again. And, and so whatever you did in the last one doesn't really matter. It's the next one that counts. And because it's, it's golf, you're taking multiple shots from multiple different areas. And the reason that I'm even talking about golf is I think it's a lot like being in a contact center. If you're the person answering the phone, I mean, you're answering 40 to 50 calls a day. Every single call that you have is going to be slightly different. Sometimes they're repetitive. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're long. Sometimes they're short. Sometimes the folks are angry. Sometimes they're not. But the reality is, is that you're going to do this for eight hours in a day, and then you're going to turn around and do it the next day for a week, for 30 days, for two months, six months, a year. It's very, very repetitive, which means that you kind of have to get into the mode of beginning to look at it almost on a shot-by-shot or a call-by-call basis. And then if you can break it down even more, you begin to you begin to look at it as, as great things that may happen in your, your call. And if there's some poor things that happen, you just have to forget about them and you've got to move on. Because it's the little things that make up the big things that get you to the results when it's all said and done. And just like golf, most people that play golf, when they play, they... You know, they go to the driving range and they spend all their time hitting their driver. And But if you play golf, you only hit your driver maybe 13, 14 times. And the rest of the time you're hitting irons and your putter and you're chipping. And it's just so much more significant to spend time on some of the smaller, more direct shots. And I think sometimes that's the same thing that occurs in contact centers. We get so wrapped up in the results, the big numbers, that we lose sight of just how important the smaller numbers are. I am in a series, and this being podcast 58, where I'm looking at the story, the, the three key questions that kind of unfold from the, from the story, which is, you know, where do I fit, how am I doing, and how do we get better? And podcast 58 is all about how, are, how am I doing if I'm the frontline rep, or how are we doing if you're a leader, a leader or supervisor, or leader manager, or leader director? How are we doing in the center? Remember, Paponacy is a, a company that we look at. We look at leaders. We, we think that contact centers start with leaders who understand that people in the contact center need joy more than they need KPIs, a sense of purpose more than sophisticated monitoring, and a champion more than a supervisor. And so I want to talk to you today about, about how do we look at how are we doing, or if you're a frontline rep, they're looking through the through the the lens of how am I doing? And the first thing that you have to you have to put on is you have to recognize that as a leader, that it's really not about you, it's really about them. Because it's it's the people that are working for you that are actually hauling the mail. They're the ones that we're gonna evaluate on how well they're doing. And I think that we can divide this view into really two views. I think there's an old way and there's a new way. And if you immediately say, oh, well, Michael, I'm definitely going to be the new way. I don't even need to know what it is. I'm, I'm new to the business. I think you'll find that there are some old way thinking that's going on in your head. And I'm not saying it's completely bad because sometimes the old way is the basic way and it's tried and true and it's been around for a long time. But I think that as you listen to this podcast, you'll embrace some of the new ways of looking at things. So let's talk about the old way of taking a look at how are we doing. And the old way usually revolves around scorecards. And there's kind of a real-time scorecard, and then there's a historical 
scorecard. The real-time scorecards is, is really wrapped up in reader boards. I don't know whether you're in an organization that's got reader boards all over the, all over the walls telling you what the longest delay is or what the longest queue is or how many people are sitting in their seats. And, and uh, if you're in today's environment, which happens to be the end of 2021, most centers are understaffed, so those, those, those reader boards look really, really poor. And they look like they've got some really long hold times and unending, never-ending queues. And, and I think they have a tendency to show you how far away you are from a goal. Rarely do they tell you how far ahead you are to your goal because anytime you get any sort of real-time displays, they're kind of showing you what's going on or at best case, you're, you're even or there's nothing in queue. And if there's nothing in queue, that's a bad thing. So it's, a, it's an environment where, where the old way, I think, is a reader board place. And if you've got reader boards, don't, don't immediately send me an email that says, hey, we've still got reader boards. We believe in reader boards. I get it, but I think it's an old way of looking at things. I think that I think that something that's focused on stretch targets, if you're the kind of organization that has stretch targets, which means you've got a target, but then you've got all these stretch numbers in line that, that create an environment where you've got a whole bunch of people that aren't really winning, and it's really hard for them to tell that they're winning because they're constantly looking at stretch targets. Or maybe you're an organization that, that has some has some KPIs, but they're not really the ones that you truly follow, which means you're an organization that says, you know, we're really focused on adherence, we're focused on attendance, we're focused on CSAT. We never look at the number of calls, we never look at average handle time, but yet they spend most of their time lamenting average handle time or ACD calls. And then you're usually scorecards are a reflection of what happened yesterday or maybe what happened last month. Uh, very rarely uh, do you get an, a, 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 any sort of a focus on any sort of a trend, especially for the front line. If you're a supervisor or a leader, you probably get some great trend reports. But the front line struggles to get anything that shows them what the trend is. And then, of course, there's the infamous and the one that, that probably matters the most, which is how do you compare against everybody else? And then it's, a, then it's how do you compare against the average and if you're, if you're an organization that, that spends a lot of time comparing against the average, especially if you're loading that up for your front line, you end up with a lot of daisies. You end up with a lot of people that are just a little bit better than the average or a little bit worse than the average because, after all, that's the key component that we're trying to, trying to focus on is to be a little bit better than the average. And then I'm not quite sure whether you've got any sort of compensation targeted towards where you are, but if, but if you do, that's usually another target that, that specifically people are focused on, which either you're on it or you're below it. And very rarely do we spend a lot of time trying to see, uh, trying to look at some small incremental numbers. So that's a good way to look at the old way of doing things. As a leader, when we move to the new way, the very first thing that has to happen is, is we have to have a, a significant paradigm shift. Because we have a tendency to look at information as where we see the person fitting. Because we take a look at the reports, we can see whether they're a rose, daisy, or a weed, and, and we, we, we can plot them accordingly. And as a result, we usually have a strategy associated with them. But the new way of thinking, the new way to look at how are we doing is, is a complete paradigm shift, which is, to, which is to see it through the eyes of the frontline employee and see it how they see themselves fitting. Because we have to embrace the fact that this is very, very personal 
for the employee, their performance, and how their story, their individual story, fits in with the organization and with the company. It's very much like the, the round of golf when you're, when you're playing in this Ryder Cup format. Every day, every match, every hole, there's a performance that's, that's occurring where they're contributing or they're not contributing. Maybe they're the best player, maybe they're the worst player. I don't know where they I don't know which one they are, but they have to be able to see how their how they impact the organization, how the organization impacts them and how they're progressing. And in order to do that, in order for them to see that, you've got to shift in the way that you present the data to them, the way you focus on the data and and the priorities that you put on that data. Let me give you some examples. It has to start with a a shift from results to accomplishments. It doesn't mean that we don't look at results. It doesn't mean that we don't have the five to seven KPIs that we're targeted on, but we've got to build a system of allowing them to see how are they doing, and when we look at it as how are we doing, that focuses on the accomplishments. If I've got a rep that's struggling with CSAT, and we know that that CSAT is related to empathy, we intuitively know that that means that they need to be better at acknowledging, they need to be better at listening, they need to be better at confirming and reaffirming and uh, the, the customer and, and, and working with that customer so the customer gets the impression that they really care, that they are really putting them in their shoes. Which means that we've got to find ways to, to show those accomplishments, and whether those are self-driven goals or games or one-on-ones or achievements or, any, or quizzes or anything that focuses on the steps that they need to take to be better at empathy. You know it and they know it, that those are the things they need to do, but if we don't have some sort of a way to communicate to those, if we don't have some sort of a way to allow them to see those, to see their progress, to get redirected, to get, to get encouraged, if we don't have those things in place, then we don't make the incremental changes that we need to do because this person, whether they're sitting with their one out of 50 or one out of 300 or one out of 1,000 people, every single person in your organization is on a different path and they're in a different They're a different way of looking at things. So that incremental improvement, the ability to be able to build momentum and focus on the areas that are important to them are a requirement that comes from beginning to have a way to measure and encourage the accomplishments that are going to get the results that you need. The second thing that needs to happen is is that that this this data, these, these results that we're trying to do, they can't operate on their own. It can't just be about the five to seven KPIs. We've got to make sure that we've got connection and engagement and mission all tied together in there. And the other thing that we need to make sure we do is that we've got customer experience data being added into this performance. And I don't know where you are with customer experience data, but if you've ever listened to my podcast, you know that that, that getting customer experience data into your frontline employees' hands first needs to be the priority. It may not be the most important to you, but it needs to be the priority because customer customer feedback changes behavior. An employee is driven by words much more than they're driven by numbers. If we take just a simple example of we do a, a CSAT score on a scale of one to five, you know, how would you rate your how would you rate the service rep on this call? And they give them a 4.5 
and the rep sees the 4.5 versus they get some sort of customer words that say, you know what, I thought the rep did a great job, but they spoke a little bit too fast. Which one is going to have a bigger impact on the front line? It's obviously going to be the words are going to make the difference. Now, for you, the numbers and the trending of the numbers makes a difference over time, but it's but it's important that they it's important that they be able to see those words. And, and by the way, there's a, another target: the ability for the reps to see trending over time, to be able to see their performance improving over time or getting worse versus spot-on numbers makes a big difference in getting them to be, become a part of and own the trends that they've got that they've got happening. It allows them to see the incremental progress because they can see it over time that although they're not where they're supposed to be, where they need to be, they are actually getting better. The data needs to be more creative. Creativity is hard and it's time consuming. And, and for far too long, the contact center has, has defined creativity by having the the Kentucky Derby uh, event in the in the month of May or March Madness, or we're going to do a Halloween party. That's been the extent of of creativity, and it rarely is connected with how are we doing in, in creative ways to show KPIs or to to show data and to show numbers, and 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 so creativity is something though that that dramatically changes the way that we perceive data. When, you're, when you ask a rep how they're doing and they say, you know what, I've just gotten to the planet Saturn and I'm just three scores away from getting to Jupiter. Or they say, I'm in the Centennial, Centennial Club because I've just gotten my 100th perfect CSAT score. Or somebody says to you, I just got my 5,000th perfect score. Or they tell you that, you know what, they're two-thirds of the way to the Pantheon because a customer has told them that they've heard the smile in their voice or that they deserve a raise or that they should be cloned or they're getting some peer recognition or they've hit the target that they've got for HT or the target that they've got for adherence and they've done it 35 days in a row and they're on a streak or their supervisor has called them out for some sort of a chunky monkey badge because it reflects their contribution to a teammate and reflected how well they've done with their with their mentorship or they're on the goat board which is a a leaderboard that measures the number of greats that customers have given them information on or maybe it's simply that they're on a self-directed program and they're making progress. And the progress that they're making in their self-directed program is showing up in their KPI numbers because they're just trending up all the way across the board. And they're, they're, they're just about to leave being a weed and get into the daisy mode and begin to work their way up the ladder because their performance is being recognized, their performance is being reinforced, their performance is is being shown in creative and different ways. Creativity is something that you don't have to do on your own. It's something that 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 you can be helped with and you can find some different ways to present the data 
and to make it more interesting, to make it more exciting, to make it more encouraging, and to most importantly, to make it more successful. There's a fourth thing that you need to do with the new way of looking at how we are doing, and that is where training and learning is directly tied and connected to performance. That your performance, whether good, bad, or just staying the same, is directly connected and it drives training and learning. Want to learn more about that? You're going to have to listen to the podcast next week because that's where we're going next week, which is after we've discussed how do we fit, and this week we discussed how are we doing, next week we're going to discuss how do we get better. Listen, I hope you can apply some of these some of this information to your, uh, to your daily activities. Uh, if you do these things, you're on the pathway to becoming a great leader or maybe a greater leader. And as I say every week, you've got the capacity to be a great leader. It just requires focus and attention and a lot of hard work. Are you up to it? I hope so. Go make it so. I look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.